Please turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, <clears throat> chapter 18. I'll be reading Luke, chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. <clears throat> now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. <clears throat> Excuse me, let's pray. Father, I pray that for me and every one of us in here this morning, you would cause us to be toward you as toddlers, joyful, anxiety-free, trusting toddlers that receive your love and your instruction in this text. To the glory of your name through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. What we just read here is one of the most well-known and loved stories in human history. And there are two things about this text. It's short, it's simple. First is what Jesus did. And the second is what Jesus taught. Even though his knucklehead disciples thought, we don't, Jesus didn't have time for little children. Come on, parents, take them away. What we see he did is, no, 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 no. He welcomed these little two-year-olds, four-year-olds, six-year-olds. That, that's about the age range. There's two different words for infant or child that are used in the text. And so these little ones, he welcomed them and held them and cared for them. And I have no doubt, because children are good at reading, adults, they felt welcome, loved. In this text, Jesus demonstrates that people of any size, of any age, of any class, are significant to Him. He's right, because we know that little babies, whether still in a womb or that have grown to be 98 years old, are all made in the image of God. And Jesus is saying, by what He does here, get the message, my disciples. Hear it, pastors and Christians throughout the ages. Every person, no matter how small, counts. And by Jesus' example here, he is saying to all of his followers down through the ages that we should remove all hindrances from children coming to Jesus. 
And the main point of the text is what Jesus teaches here about it. And what He does here is He shows how children are a picture of something that is profound about what saving faith is. Sometimes children have mind-boggling, important lessons to teach all adults. How they're simple. How they're dependent. And that whole attitude that little toddlers have is a picture and it is a prerequisite for any of us to ever enter the kingdom of God. So in the kingdom and in our daily walk by the Holy Spirit as Christians, to be a child, to be a child at heart in your relationship with God is a good thing. And it is to be the pursuit of the Christian life. And so as we look at this text, I just want you to ponder something in the back of your mind. And you just consider what, because I think it's true. I don't think the Creator who purposed before He ever created anything to save sinners through His Son who would become a human being. I do not think that Jesus just this day used children as an example because children happened to be there. I think God created children. That there would be children. That other human beings would come into being in the way that they do and go through childhood instead of just being created like Adam and Eve, so that Jesus would have this analogy to give to all of us. You know, it's much like marriage, where we saw Jesus didn't use marriage, He didn't have Paul use marriage, because, oh, marriage happens to be, oh, that's kind of like Jesus in the church. Marriage exists, because before He ever created any human beings, He purposed to have a picture of Jesus in the church. So, for what it's worth. But here's the picture in this text. Some village, Jesus is still on His way to Jerusalem, and word gets out. Jesus, the preacher, the miracle worker, the one that we think might be Him, He's in our village, and everyone hears about it. Parents with small children hear about it, and they find where Jesus is, and you go up on the scene, and there they are reaching out their little kid, Jesus, bless my little Joey, and Jesus takes the little ones in his arms, and he lays his hand on them, and he pronounces the rabbi blessing, and he enjoyed it. Probably almost looks something like at Christmas time when we have toddlers in Santa Claus's line, and parents are holding their toddlers and their babies and their little ones, waiting their turn. And this is what's going on. And then something really awkward happened. Jesus' disciples started to tell the people, go away, stop this. Jesus is a busy man with a busy ministry schedule. And Mark lets us know he, Jesus was angry. He was indignant at this. You there in verse 15? Now they were bringing even infants. That's the word brephe. 
one-year-old, three-year-olds. It's really, there's a reason why. I don't think it's just infants, and most scholars think it's not just infants, it's these little ones. Now they were bringing their infants to Jesus so that He might touch them, bless them, in other words. And when the disciples saw it, what? They rebuked these people. In other words, Peter and John and Andrew somehow thought this is a waste of Jesus' time. Much like many church people, because they see no reason to figure out, how can I, I'm not doing anything else, become a Sunday school teacher and teach children, not babysitting, Bible. They're really important. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Yeah. What I want to first do is, is to deal with something that is not the main point of the text. We'll get to the main point in a minute. But I want to make a couple comments on the implication of Jesus' words here. Do not hinder the little children from coming to me. Let me start it this way. I think often for kids to be raised up with professing Christians as their parents is more of a hindrance of their coming to Jesus than if they were raised up with clear, blatant pagans. Who I don't believe in this religion stuff. What I mean is religious hypocrisy by adults, particularly by parents, is a huge hindrance to those little human beings someday coming to Jesus. One highly renowned theologian of the 20th century was asked the question, how do children learn? And his answer was, they learn three ways. By example, by example, and you know the third way, by example. Children read our lives as parents much more than they read are lectures that we deliver to them. I'm not putting down lectures. I believe in them. I'm not putting down teaching the Bible. I believe in it. Not only that, lectures, teaching, Bible reading by parents is an example of their passion and their love that they are demonstrating to the little ones. But what I mean is that the whole of life has to back up our words. 
or our profession of faith is a hindrance to little kids. We preach Christ crucified for sinners who, who would believe in Him, which means all of us who are adults and we are Christians, it means that we are those who are sinners being saved by grace. And thus, we live a life that is a battle. It is a battle called the fight of faith. As Paul said, I have fought the fight. I have kept the faith. I'm old. I'm ready to die and go be with Jesus. There was no relaxing there. There was an activity throughout his life as the model of what it is to be a Christian. And that Christian life, that battle and fight to trust in His promises is fought with this book, the Word of God. It's fought by having a, a prayer life. It's fought by being a repentant person. The Bible... Prayer, church, community. I didn't say church attendance. Church, community, the means of grace. Fighting to persevere in community to the end is the Christian not sinlessness, not perfection, but broken, undone sinners who are being changed from one degree of faith to another. And they're bearing the imperfect fruit of that faith. There's the Christian life. Back where I started, children being raised. In homes with professing Christians. What I mean by hypocrisy, are Christians who say, I believe in Jesus. We're Christians. Jesus is great. He's the answer. But they don't exhibit that Christian life. And those children grow to be 8 years old and 10 years old and 12 years old. Before you know it, they're like you. They're an adult. And we know the impact in any and every area that parents have on kids. And it can be a massive hindrance. See, philosophy for the last 2,500 years is really, this is what philosophy is at its core. It is thinking about and answering the questions that little children ask. That's what it is. And, and one of the bedrock philosophies in a child, they don't speak it, but it's there. It is put your money where your mouth is. But mom and dad, if you love Jesus, why, why does he seem to not have such a high priority in your life? I, yeah, you go to church. I mean, if something better doesn't come up on particular weekends, you, you make it to church, you know, 22 times out of 50. That's what they see. God doesn't have your money, Mom. God doesn't have your time, Dad. 
Jesus is uh, the periphery of your life, but you claim he's the greatest thing in the world. You don't seem, mom and dad, to be interested in growing in your knowledge of the Word of God. You don't seem to be interested. We don't pretend in Christianity. We're all sinners, but you don't seem to be interested in repentance or growing in the fruit of the Spirit. How can I love better? How can I serve others better? How can I, I, I have more kindness next week than I had this week? You don't seem to have that stuff on the front burner of your life. You don't, in other words, model going hard after Christ. Millions of children have been raised in professing Christians' homes like that. And those parents were a hindrance to them ever coming to Christ. It may be one of the reasons the statistics show constantly of these children being raised up in American evangelical churches all their life, and by age 23, they don't darken a church door anymore. All right, another reason or another way the children get hindered from coming to Christ is that they're not considered as important. This is what was in the disciples' minds in the text. Look, guys, Jesus, the great teacher, the healer, he, I think we, we think he's the Messiah. He's here. He didn't have time for your kids. Go away. Stop bothering Jesus. But Jesus saw them as important enough to drop everything he was doing, called his disciples over and says, cut it out, guys. Don't hinder these little ones from coming to me and let me hold them and let me put my hand on them and let me bless them. Oh, what a time of life it is for children. They're sponges to suck up all of our bad stuff. And that's unavoidable, okay? We're all in that boat, okay? No, but to suck up the gospel. So use your bad stuff to exalt Jesus in front of them as a fellow sinner with your children and model repentance and faith, Bible reading, prayer, and love. And let me just mention one last obvious one. How many children have been hindered from coming to Jesus because of religious people committing sexual molestation? How many kids being raised in Christian homes? Mom and dad, they believe in Jesus. And then down the road, mom commits adultery. Dad commits adultery. Or mom and dad divorce. They model. Kids, we love Jesus. We love Him a lot. But we don't trust Him in His ways in a childlike way in dependence upon Him. I mean, Jesus is great, but He is not trustworthy enough to obey. I mean, just because He said it. I believe in Him. And I'm your model. For Christianity. 
All right, let's look at the main point of the text. That's not heavy enough. Let's look and see what Jesus now does with the situation that's happening. He used his disciples' boneheaded decision and maneuver in order to give us some of his most profound teaching about the Christian life. And it wasn't teaching about how to treat little children and to love them or how to parent better. That's not what he did here. Look at the text there, Luke 18. He starts with his directive. Don't hinder the little ones from coming to me. That's his command. Now, okay, Jesus, why? And he answers why. And it's stunning. He's there, verse 16. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. Okay, here we go. Why? For, that's why. That means, here's the reason I say it to you. Because to such belongs the kingdom of God. Okay, so why not hinder them? The answer is because these children stand for something. They represent something. They are a teaching aid for something really important. That's Jesus' answer. Because to such belongs the kingdom of God. He did not say, don't hinder the children from coming to me because to these, Sally, Jane, Michael, Matthew, Jacob, these little ones here, these guys here, the kingdom of God belongs to these kids right here. He did not say that. He said, to such as these, meaning to those who are like children, to those people belongs the kingdom of God. Don't hinder them. Help them. Lead them to me because these children, these four-year-olds, two-year-olds, six-year-olds represent the kind of people who will inherit the kingdom of God. That's what he said. Now, in the larger context, remember last week? This really comes out. And Luke puts it here on purpose. In the larger context, he just came out of the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector praying. And remember, the tax collector, the scum of Jewish society, goes away saved. He goes away justified because he did not trust in his self-righteousness. But the Pharisee, he goes away unsaved because he trusted in 
His self-righteousness. And the point in the larger context is that dependent on God as a little child, dependent on God for His mercy, that was a tax collector, be merciful to me, a sinner. Those kinds of dependence are the kinds of people who are being saved. Are being justified by Christ. And so now here, Jesus holds up children as the example of the disposition that enters into the kingdom of God. Whether now and or in the future kingdom. They, children, are models for all of us adults who ever hope to get into the kingdom of God. Now, so what is it? What is it about these little kids that day? Jesus, He took them up in His arms. We see it from the the parallel passages. He's blessing them. What is it about these little ones that is so instructive? Start this way. Dependence. These little ones are utterly dependent. They're not independent. The New Testament scholar, Edward Schweitzer, I think, nails it when he comments in his commentary. Quote, But this is the reason they are blessed. Just because they, the little children, have nothing to show for themselves. They cannot count on any achievements of their own. Their hands are empty like those of a beggar. Jesus enlarges the promise to include everyone With an authority such as only God can claim, He promises the kingdom to those whose faith resembles the empty hand of a beggar. Such faith is possible because they have no achievements of their own. I remember when I first became Christian, there was a while there, and you know, you kind of come out of a life, right? And they know you, and what's going on with your life now? And you're a Jesus freak. And I remember numbers of times I would get the comment to come back to me, something like, oh, you're just Jesus stuff. You're just looking for a crutch. And I just used to, I literally would just think, yeah, aren't you? Actually, probably a stretcher is better. (laughs) Yeah, because I was dead. And Jesus didn't didn't become a crutch so I can limp around. He raised me from the dead spiritually. And He will raise me bodily someday. He says, don't hinder them. Because to such people, that is little children, types of people, to them belongs the kingdom of God. And then, look at it, verse 17, Jesus gets more specific about what He means by to such. Who are these such, these children, such kind of people? Verse 17, 
Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. First of all, when Jesus said, truly I say to you, it's not because he speaks in a weird way. That was the phrase. That was how you spoke in his culture, which is equivalent to us saying, so this is really how it ought to be translated. You want the meaning of Jesus. He says, listen, guys, what I'm going to say now is really important. That's what he means. It's really important. Hear me. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child, It doesn't mean the way you would receive a child, you receive the kingdom. It means the way little children trust and are dependent. If you don't receive me, the king and the rule and the reign of God, like a child does, you shall never enter it. By receiving the kingdom of God, he means welcoming the kingdom by receiving and embracing the king, the sovereign. As a child, as three-year-olds receive provision, food, baths, clothes, bedtimes, covers, everything. They just receive it from their parents, so adults who receive guidance and provision and direction from Jesus, and they do so, they receive that as a dependent child, a dependent creature to the Creator, those are the ones who will enter the kingdom of God. And those who don't, won't enter. He's saying, do you get it, Peter? John, Matthew, Andrew, you guys getting this? It refers to you guys. And when I'm gone, guys, and you go out in your mission that I'm sending you on preaching the gospel and planting churches, this is what you're looking for in people. Not looking for tricks. Not looking to grab a bunch of people in the community. You're looking as you preach this for this kind of heart that is like a child that becomes radically and supernaturally now dependent on the message and the person of the message. Children model faith. They model the faith that saves. They model what it is to Trust in the provider of everything you need. Children trust mommy and daddy. Little four-year-olds, if they do in your house, and they, a little four-year-old does this, you've done some really wrong parenting. Okay? But in general, four-year-olds don't wring their hands. I wonder what in the world I'm going to eat tomorrow. Oh my, am I going to have a roof over my head? They just don't do that. The parent, that's our job. We worry. How do we get... Enjoy. World could be falling around the parents and crumbling. Innocence. 
childlike hearts that we want to give to our children, don't we, at that age, is they just play, eat, sleep, and we teach them to obey. But they're dependent. That's what they teach. Children just trust. I, I remember I used to do this. I, I remember my first baby, the one sitting back there when she's like three months old. I know I'm I used to love to do this. I used to love to take her as a three-month-old when church was over and put her in one hand and hold her up above my head and balance her as she sat there. She had no worries. She trusted me. And all the women in the church went out of their minds. <laughs> Anybody remember that about me? Okay, all right, all right. Those who trust God's promises in the gospel like little children who are dependent, that is the saving element of faith. Their faith is not merely intellectual agreement with the proclamation of the gospel. Yes, I agree with that. It is a heart trust in Abba. Daddy. You know, Paul wrote it. To believers, he has poured out the spirit of his son into our hearts that causes us to have something we didn't have before. It cries, Abba. That's the Aramaic word for tenderness that a child says to his dad. Daddy, father, dependence. That's what children model. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. The very heart of Jesus' answer, don't hinder the children from coming. They are a picture. They're a model. They're a pointer to something that is really important about response to the gospel. So he uses them. His marriage, it really is meant to point to Christ and his bride, the church. Children are meant to point to what saving faith and the life of faith is to a helpless, dependent heart that cries, I am needy. I have in my hands day after day before you nothing. You don't need anything. And He supplies to us the fruit of the Spirit who indwells that does have stuff in its hands it dispenses horizontally through love to others. See, Jesus got at the heart of this, and it's such, so familiar, so I'm just going to read it. The Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. Say, Jesus, tell us this little thing about children in a different way. Okay, here we go. Guys, if God 
So clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven. Will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the unbelievers seek after all of these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God in His righteousness and like a toddler, trust Him. Or, okay, says it anyway. And all these things will be added to you. Jesus says, to such as these little children is the kingdom of God. Jesus says, little children point the way to saving faith. Little kids don't engage in self Righteous pride that we adults do in our moral attainments. Like we just saw in the previous context with the Pharisee. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers. And it's good that you're not that way. That's not the point. He was arrogant. He was prideful. He was not a child in heart. A child does not battle self-righteousness in coming to Christ the way that we teenagers and adults do. We battle it. What? You're telling me to believe in Jesus who died on a cross in order to bear the punishment for my sin. That You're telling me He absorbed God's perfect, righteous, holy anger at me. You're telling me I'm that bad. No, 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 thank you. They'll never enter the kingdom of God. Unless they become like a child and put down the deceptive heart and the religious lies of who Jesus is and who God is. And hear the gospel and receive it like the tax collector. Yes, I can't believe it. Really? Be merciful to me, a sinner. Yes. Oh, you're just looking for a crutch. Yeah. And I wish you'd find this crutch. Hmm. The text is clear. We are to receive, not earn, ever. You don't start the Christian life by receiving like a child and then move on to adulthood in your relationship with God. Trust me, you do adult stuff in the world horizontally, okay? Don't hear me wrong. You're always a child. You're always a creature to the Creator. 
You're always a dependent. Even in the future resurrection, you won't be and you'll never want to be independent. Then you'll want to now, then you won't. So that's the question. Will you receive? And will you go on receiving the kingship? The commands? The care? The protection? The promises of King Jesus? That's the test. Kingdom of God means the rule and the reign of the sovereign one. Jesus is saying, when it comes to your marriage, here's the king through his apostle. Husbands, love your wives as Jesus loved the church and gave Himself up for her. Wives, see to it that you respect your husbands. Okay, just as an example. Jesus is saying in the text, will you receive Me? Will you trust me in this. As a child trust his daddy that his daddy really does care about him and has his welfare at heart. Do you trust that about me when I speak? Will you trust my design for your life? Or like an arrogant adult will you go on banking your hope on your own ways and independent thinking apart from me. Will you be a child toward me in my ways and depend on me and trust me in order to repent and in order to obey me? Jesus is saying, whatever trials Whatever temptations you're wrestling with right now towards sin, he's saying, fight daily to become a child. Fight daily to let your heart melt before me and the Word and by the Holy Spirit to become dependent. Battle against your adult-like unbelief. Jesus is saying to all of us this morning through this text, Come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden, burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I am gentle. I am lowly in heart. I'm a safe place for children. 
And you will find rest for your souls. He's saying, believer, if you'll take all your struggles you have in your life right now, like child rearing, homeschooling, marriage, and its ups and its downs and its seasons of life, your health, which when you get this age, it it just doesn't get better. It goes down. You take that to Him. Your prayer life, your Bible reading, Please, let me see some signs that I'm I'm saved. Can, Can I love people better? You take all your struggles and lay them down at Jesus' feet every day. He's saying, receive my kingly directions for you that are laid out in Scripture. When you do... As we do, then we will be amazed at how trustworthy He is. And we'll be amazed at the joy we will experience. Let's pray. Oh, Father, may You make even those words throughout this week in alone times for each of us to be spoken. To be spoken when there's no one there but you. Father. Father. And would you cause that as we Open the Bible. Cause that disposition in us by your Spirit to hear your words afresh in Scripture. To love your commands. To rejoice in Christ, our sacrifice. To love and revel in what we saw last week in justification by faith alone and upon that ground we do this sermon childlike faith do this in us me the foremost desperate man to be humbled and childlike before you to the glory of your son our Savior. 